You are listening to Backstage Pass Podcast, hosted by Hans Wigwell and brought to you by Tommy. The Backstage Pass Podcast is a guide for upcoming artists and newcomers to the music industry. Each week I speak to experts in different fields and in this episode I'll be talking to Danny Keir about music cities and how important it is for cities to invest in grassroots venues and amenities for local musicians. Hello, Danny Keir. Hello, Hannah Trigwell. So you are a music consultant mm-hmm. and artist manager and you do a lot of work with music cities. I find the music cities part of it super interesting, along with all the other parts, but the music cities part is one that I've not really come across that much. So would you be able to explain to the audience of Backstage Pass podcast what that is all about? It's an interesting one because, you know, I guess the the company that I used to work for, uh, Sound Diplomacy, kind of evolved this concept of the value of music within the built environment. So, you know, the idea of music cities, although may sound initially quite crass, is actually about how, you know, the value of music can make places far better, far healthier and perform better. And and by perform better, um, I mean, you know, when there is vibrancy and when there are creatives and there are interesting, independent-minded people Um, occupying a space there's a lot of interesting things that happen the idea of music cities ultimately is it's (laughs) it's proving that if you actually invest in this idea of you know contemporary culture which is music performance mainly and and how music is fairly ubiquitous and across all different platforms Mm. you actually are going to have you know more desirable places you're going to have happier people you're going to have uh, you know, IP creation, you're going to have this kind of reputational pull and this kind of uh, vibrancy that attracts people to places. And then once you've convinced local authorities, local governments and local everything, once you've convinced people that you need to convince that this is a really worthwhile thing to do, what happens after that point? <laughs> Good question. Um, they, <laughs> it, it depends really because there's you know, I guess we started from a fairly kind of standstill point. So the, the first the first challenge was convincing people that it was a, a valuable um, and, and valid investment. And then it was yeah. creating the kind of, I guess, the pathway to to do it, to delivering the work. So, you know, like with all of these things, it was about kind of figuring out what what is the makeup of a place so it was about evaluating the the assets and and working out what makes the place tick so it was kind of looking at the ecosystem and figuring out where the strengths and weaknesses were within you know when we when I'm talking about the ecosystem I mean all of the platforms that artists require to create music so you know we're Mm -hmm. we're looking at the everything from the education through to the rehearsal through to the you know the the small venues the larger venues the festivals and then all of the kind of the business infrastructure that supports that so the managers the agents the, the record labels and the publishers etc so yeah. you know when we when we start to evaluate that that ecosystem we then can identify quite quickly where the performing kind of peaks are where the deficiencies may be once you've done that it's then about basically addressing those deficiencies to create a more kind of you know a healthy ecosystem and 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 you know it's 
it's quite straightforward in that it's you 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 know when there are pieces missing within that kind of development pipeline because if you know there's great education platforms but there's very few places for artists to rehearse then those artists are going to move somewhere else where they can actually rehearse and then perform there's a bridge in Leeds it's the kind of bridge that you don't like walking under on a dark night kind of thing I don't know where the speakers are but when you walk under there sometimes it plays like atmospheric music but I've seen a lot of tourists go under there and be like wow this is amazing you know and that kind of thing it's it's something that I think a lot of musicians don't really think about where that music's come from and how they might get into that kind of scene of creating music for that kind of um exhibition almost yeah is that something that you'd be involved in? Yeah, basically. I mean, you know, a lot of again, you know, what what I'm what I try to do is is basically look at the the overall picture of of the artist. So one artist in particular that I'm I'm working with, he's got he's got a 10, 11 year career of touring, of of releasing commercial music. Um he's he's recently worked on a few TV soundtracks so he's composed you know for tv shows and he's you know he's still a commercially releasing artist writing with other people and and one of the conversations i was in with a with a previous client was well you know who was a landowner who was looking to you know create a little bit more personality in in a specific place in london um and i basically said well i've got this guy who's doing loads of these really great kind of compositions for bespoke visuals and it was just about marrying this idea of writing for tv or film to an actual physical space now yeah kind of you know selling him into the this this kind of mind of of a of a landowner is like, well, that makes sense. You know, we can have our own music. We don't have to license something. We don't have to worry about all that stuff. It actually, you know, there's a lot of Foley recording from the actual space. So it's, it's authentic within it. It's, it's, a, mm. it's designed specifically to create them emotions that you want people to feel in that space. So yeah. it's a no brainer really. So for that artist, it was a case of, well, we've got a budget, why don't you just go away, kind of design some music? And then what that's led to is, well, actually, we could do this with a few different things. Why don't we try and, you know, design some music for light festivals so that the light shows have more drama and more impact because there's this kind of bespoke soundtrack that reacts with it and mm-hmm. works with it. And, you know, these kind of ideas of installation and, and you know, it's it, a lot of kind of property developers and landowners like to call, you know, like like this idea of, of, of placemaking or cultural intervention in spaces that are void of culture, right? So how they <laughs> how they create these kind of attractive triggers. So putting speakers under a bridge, which was formerly drab and a little bit scary and, and you know, intimidating, yeah. has enlivened the space. And now people are talking about it. Like, I didn't even know about it. And we're talking about it. You know, people yeah. are spreading it. You know, that, whoever created that, it was a genius thing to do. And, you know, I don't want to go too far down this path either. But, you know, one of the things that we've seen in, in our cities and our towns over the past five years is, you know, high streets basically um, becoming vacant of, you know, yeah. actual 
the, the shops not being able to afford it. You know, big shopping centers are losing tenants left, right, and center. And that's just because they're, you know, that it, it's a, it's like a cultural misdiagnosis. It's like we don't necessarily want to walk down these straight avenues selling us things that we don't need anymore. You know, we, we mm. want experience. We want to be able to engage with ideas and concepts and experiences that actually tell us that, well, this is what our contemporary world is all about. So, you know, yeah. if, for example, that concept of putting speakers under a bridge, what if we did that more with shop fronts that are boarded up and, you know, we, we just let those spaces become more cultural, um, you know, cultural incubators for artists, for, you know, it, it could be that you throw a load of artists in a shop front and they use it as their workstation, their workspace, which then becomes a live gallery for people to walk by. That kind of thing's interesting. People, wow, That would be really cool. Right, and, it, and people have yeah, talked, if, people if have talked about it. Yeah, there was like a it. glass front and you could have a band just completely rocking out in there. You wouldn't even necessarily need to hear the music at a high level. But yeah, people would people would watch, people would go to see that actually, wouldn't they? Absolutely. And, and it, but it, it creates the conversation. And if people go mm. to see that, they're probably going to buy a coffee from the shop next door. They're probably yeah. going to buy a T-shirt from the independent clothes shop on that road. You know, there's, there's a whole trigger that that creates and a rippling effect. Yeah. Then, you know, those, those, those retail spaces that were so kind of adamantly, you know, birthday card shops, sports shops, you know, these, these kind of things that were held down on long leases on expensive kind of rents. And now these, you know, when nobody wanted, they're now real vibrant spaces where culture's being made, IP is being made, that, you know, conversation is being triggered. And, you know, it's, there's a lot of different things we can do to, to kind of, you know, create this vibrancy and look at things through a slightly different lens that lends itself to the needs. Because I'm pretty sure you could throw a stone in Leeds and you would hit, you know, a, a band member who has a gripe against <laughs> a rehearsal space or the lack of opportunities to play oh, yeah. or, you know, give, give, them, give them spaces to do stuff. With the artist management stuff, obviously that kind of, fits in nicely with what you do with music cities mm-hmm. um is there one part of your job which is like your favorite part good question um uh, do, do you know what it's i i've i've never not managed artists so even kind of you know when i <laughs> when i was hustling back in the day in sheffield and putting on gigs and trying to you know doing work experience and working in bars and all that stuff i was still Basically, I was trying to be an artist and I'm really bad at it. So I, w- I surrounded myself <laughs> with people who are much better than me and realized quite quickly that that's, I should be helping them, not performing with them. So, the, the fir- right. the, you know, from, from the very first moment, it was about kind of working with people that I respected from an artistic point of view from a, a, and a creative point of view. And, and ultimately, you know, just the joy of confirming those early shows or you know, the excitement of going down to London and having a conversation with a record label and going into fancy offices was, it always kind of drives you. And it's, and that's never stopped driving me. I mean, even, you know, to, to this very day, in my kitchen, I have a box of T-shirts that I am currently sorting out to send out to fans who have bought it through, through a website of one of my artists. 
And it's like, you know, that, that whole process of being involved with people that I absolutely admire and, and, and respect and, and, and kind of, you know, here to help and, and to facilitate, you know, that, that kind of hunger is, has never really gone away. And I think I've, I've gone through this journey as, as an artist manager where, you know, I've worked with some artists, we've, we've done, you know, major deals and, and, and kind of, you know, I've got the experience of that process and, you know, we've done very indie deals and, and then self kind of set up things. And it's, it's, it's always new and interesting. It's, it's never the same, you know, I, I don't, I don't do the same thing day in, day out. And I'm pretty, I, I, I can't really sit still. And, you know, it, it, it kind of appeals to that part of me of, oh, there's, there's new things to do or there's ways we can look at this a different way or we can figure out, you know, there, there's, no, there's no live touring. What do we do? Oh, well, there's, there's a number of other things that we can engage with and tools that we can use or maybe we use this time to think about the strategy for the next two years and actually we can get a load of, recording done yeah. and, and collaborations done and, and you know we can use this time as a as a as a moment to think well actually we don't need to be out there at this moment so mm. let's let's actually start building things for the next phase so I think that you know the most enjoyable bit for me is is not only working with people that I admire and, and helping them you know find new ways of, of delivering their creativity but it's the it's the constant newness and, and and constant challenges and and you know looking at yeah just you can't be complacent because I think as soon as you are complacent then you're outdated. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. What is your track of the week? Wow, um, I, I can't stop listening to the Fontaine's DC album. I mean, yeah, I've 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 kind of obviously been tracking there their process but I, I just can't stop listening to that whole record so pick a song off there I mean um <laughs> the first one is uh I don't belong which I so maybe that's the that's that's my track of the week what is the best lesson that you've learned in your career so far so uh the best thing I say I've I've learned that there's kind of two things but they mean the same really um <laughs> a recent uh, I guess mentor and, and and somebody who I respect greatly uh used to use this this term a lot and and I always was like okay that you're saying that same thing again but ultimately it was um train hard fight easy and right. you know when you when you distill that ultimately it's if you do the research and you put the graft in and and you you know you go the distance in your preparation mm. for an event or for a campaign or whatever it is then the the actual thing itself is going to be far easier to execute or far more enjoyable. And I think there's yeah. a, you know, in, in our industry, there's always so much hustle and there's so many things that you've got to think about and so many things on the spot that you have to react to. The harder you kind of work to try and understand what that end result is going to be and you prepare for it, the easier that process is going to be. And, and I think that that goes down into so many other layers of, you know, even every day before actually starting work, you know, the, the preparation for that is do some reading. So you're, so you're exercising your mind, you're exercising your, your, you're not, you're, you're creating a bit more of a, a cleansing process so that when you actually go into your emails or you go into 
doing some writing, you've you've kind of warmed up the muscle. And and I think mm. that that whole philosophy of, you know, preparing yourself. If you're a runner, you're going to do some stretches before you run. You know, yeah. it's you're not just going to go straight into the run. And I think we're we're all guilty of just being overwhelmed by the amount of things that we've got to do. So we just go straight into it and we just start working or we just start. So, so we bypass this understanding that our bodies and our minds need warming up to then do that stuff. So I, I think the biggest thing I've learned is to plan to kind of limber up and, and, and then you will kind of execute what you're trying to do much more efficiently and effectively. Ace, well, thanks so much for talking to me today. It's been really interesting and I hope you have a lot of success with Music Cities and with your artist management as well. Thank you very much. Thanks for tuning in to this episode. Be sure to hit subscribe and leave a comment to let us know what you think and I will see you next time on Backstage Pass. <laughs>